Why are you so angry, Vimto? Because we haven't fucking recorded anything yet! Fucking record anything yet. What did you record something then? Yeah, fucking card. What are we gonna fucking record? Do you wanna fucking do this or not? Welcome to Bimro Was Right. So, what we're going to talk about tonight is Doctor Who. Well, I'd say opening titles. Opening I think titles. I think it's only fitting for our opening episode that we uh, discuss the opening titles, especially considering we're halfway through season eight of New Who. Yeah. Um, and, and you hate the opening titles. I loathe the, the opening, opening titles. titles. I think, yeah, they are. I was actually going to say, let's do this chronologically, but let's start right with why you loathe the opening titles, well, even I... though we're, they're, they're kind of fan assisted. It's like a fan assisted oven. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible joke. You can cut that out. No, it's um, I absolutely loathe everything about them. Um, You're not a big fan of Murray, though, are you? He's not my favourite person. Mm. Um, well, can, we're moving swiftly on. Moving swiftly on. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that that um, other podcasts have pointed out is how restrained he's been in season eight. Up until Time Heist, right? when he had a little bit of a, a wobble, Clearly, they said for the first four episodes, yeah. we, want the to, we want you to, <laughs> we want you, we want you to just dial it back dial a bit. Back but the reason bit. we're telling you to do that yeah. is so that you can shit. just <laughs> spend all your time working on ruining the caretaker. <laughs> um, but the other thing to note about our podcast is, first off, because we're starting halfway through the current season, mm-hmm. um, we're not going to discuss current episodes, aren't we? Well, not as they are. Tangentially. We'll tangentially discuss them, but this isn't going to be... um, I think there are a lot of Doctor Who podcasts out there. It's not a review show. It's not a review show. Um, Because we're both huge fans, so all our review being, yeah, that's great, I love it. That and also we both listen to so many other shows that are reviewing Doctor Who and with the vast array of excellent podcasters out there. Yes. we're not going to be saying anything yeah. new about episodes that have just aired. So in about six months... Should we list the vast array of brilliant podcasts that are out there? We could definitely do a roll call. Yeah, I think so. Blue Box. Love Blue Box. Mm-hmm. Love Verity. Yeah. Love The Writers. Have you listened, listened to The Writers Room? Not yet. It's on the list. That's top. Um, you you told me about a podcast called Clara. Sweary Gentleman from... Farrell's Project. The Farrell's Project. Different. Oh, okay. But they are brilliant. They're yeah. really fun. I can't decide whether or not going out for a drink with them would be the best night of my life or the worst decision I ever made. But I'd love to try it. So, boys, if you're listening, um, I just I, and and they're actually the scope of the Farrow's project is a little bit more than Doctor Who. They do a lot of talking about science fiction and right. stuff that I'm very much into. Yeah, um, and it's really enjoyable. Uh, Diddy Dum, which you introduced me to. I love Diddy Dum. I, I I love Diddy Dum as well. No, yeah, I like Rev. Um, I like Al. Doctor Who, he's all right. So, yeah, we, we like all three. He's I, the alpha male in that trio, isn't he? Well... The alpha something. I don't know. <laughs> I see them um, more as a sort of daddy bear, mummy bear, baby bear kind of thing. Whereas yeah. m- mummy bear as Al is, is clearly just keeping everything under control. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, daddy bear's just got back from a... A very bad meeting at the gentle, with his boss. Uh, yeah, at the... Well, and at some point, because it's like a bit of a 70s sitcom, there's, there's Terry Scott, June Whitfield, and the boss. It's a little bit of Hennymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas the Rev is just this adorable, youthful exuberance, mm. um, getting overexcited about everything. So, yes, but he's really... actually 76. Right. Yeah. Well, so I found that out. I, but yeah. Uh, two Minute Time Lord. Let's move on to other ones. <laughs> what is it? Okay, Two Minute Time Lord. I've never listened to it because I've always thought two minutes is not enough. What I'm imagining is it yeah, actually isn't two minutes. It's five minutes. And then fucking with a little there. bit of a no, it's five minutes with a little bit of a lead in and a little bit of a follow up. But there's well, then just it two be minutes of five minute Doctor Who. Don't criticise podcasts. I'm you not criticising them. To. I'm not criticising. I'm just pointing out the solicism in that. <laughs> so opening titles Less, yes. of Doctor Who, 1963 to present. What other opening sequences have you disliked? To be honest, None of them. all of the new Who opening sequences I have some issues with. Really? I mean, I was... Um, I think I, the way that I 
gauge the effectiveness and enjoyability. That's a terrible word that doesn't oh, I like exist. That. Um, the way that I can gauge how much enjoyability. I've enjoyed enjoyability. Yeah. The way I can gauge how much I've enjoyed the opening title sequence of an episode of Doctor Who mm. or a season of Doctor Who, yeah. what have you, is how badly bruised my knees are after watching a serial on the trot. Because I have a tendency when the when it starts up mm. uh, and with the first and second Doctor, you get that hiss and the bass line coming in, and the da-da-da-dum, da-da-da-dum, and I smack my knees with gay abandon. Yes. Um, so if you're watching a 12-parter yeah. in one sitting, by the end of that, you'll have purple thighs. <laughs> um, I've got to point out, you know, when we were talking about um, other podcasts, is that I absolutely love what Diddy Dunn have done to the theme tune with that drum beat. That's very nice. I like that a huge amount. And that should be... Um, well... Um, a theme tune. Well, <laughs> many, many podcasts do use the theme tune, um, some more effectively than others. We're not going to do that. I suggested the Magic Roundabout and you said fuck off. I didn't say that. No. Um, it's what you thought. How, far, how long have we been going? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, I'm so picky about the theme. I mean, throughout the uh, 50 years that the Doctor Who theme has been in existence, I have had many, many opinions. And in the notes that I've written for this podcast, which maybe eventually we'll get to, um, I've really glossed over minor changes to the arrangement based on uh, season to season, within season. There are about nine different versions of the Murray Gold version. Um, I'm going to pause for a second... So that you can stop clattering about. I like clattering about. Fine. As I said, the way I can tell how much I've enjoyed the open title sequence is how purple my legs are at the end of it. <laughs> but also, there are times when mid-season, mm. the theme will change slightly based on the arrangement. Really? Yes. I've got those like. And it's attributed to Ron Grainer. And the first few arrangements are all by Delia Darbshire. Essentially, and she never got credit for it. If you get an opportunity ever, I mean, uh, Chevron here knows this already, but if you ever get an opportunity to listen to Moogie Blues mm. by Delia, I think it's got Anthony Newley doing the voiceover on it. I may be completely wrong. I may have done that. You're usually wrong. So, all of the Delia versions, yes. including the ones that weren't used, I love. The ones that weren't used? Yeah. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. Um... And then when JNT took over, bless him, when JNT took over, he decided. JNT, by the way, to those who are, uh, it um, stands for Jane Nocturnal Tipface. So when John Nathan Turner yeah, took the helm, um, he decided to go. That was, synth. was that when he was working with Eric Star Wars? I think it was pre Sabred. Pre Star Wars. Pre Star Wars. <laughs> oh God, this is shambolic. Yes, yes. I, dear listener, thank dear you for getting this far. Yeah. Don't worry, there won't be another one. There's going to be so much editing. Um, <laughs> I might start again. The thing I was getting to was I'm not going to talk too much about the music. I'm going to talk more about the visuals personally. Yeah. Because I don't know how you're going to you're going to attack this when you get to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. The arrangements have changed a lot over the years. Yes. Early Delia loveliness, fantastic. Then uh, we get to Davison and the arrangement changes. Mm-hmm. Right. Here's, here's something that you're going to edit out immediately. Mm-hmm. Sylvester Cunting McCoy. I think you're going to edit that one out, aren't you? <laughs> yes. I was, uh, one of the things that I have to do... Um, Chevron is going through her show notes here, which are brilliant and really, you know, quite uh, extensive. One of the things that uh, Ms. Chevron here introduced me to is quite how wonderful Sylvester McCoy actually is, where I've been a total Sylv denier. Mm-hmm. And I've just, and, and, and uh, Chevron came and showed me a couple of absolutely mind-blowingly good episodes of, of Mr. Sylvester. And I actually liked him playing the spoons. Anyway, moving swiftly. So as I was saying, when we start the podcast, <laughs> yes, <be> um, <laughs> one day, mm. 
Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the arrangements. I'm going to talk mainly about the visuals because the arrangements change quite a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I may pick up on when there's a significant change. Um, And I'm not going to talk about specials for New Year. I'm not going to talk about Christmas specials or any variants on season opening titles. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our opening episode of the podcast, Bin Rose Right. This is opening titles. Yes. Um, so, which is your favourite? My favourite opening titles have got to be the orange or red John Pertwee uh, years. So the first uh, Pertwees. The first Pertwees, because it kind of, one of the things that, uh, because I was growing up at the time, I was six when John Pertwee first hit, um, that opening sequence was there was nothing like it and it was the most frightening mm-hmm. really I mean really seriously frightening like um, not just into his face no because when I saw when I heard that music which is like nothing else mm. it was on TV at the time when I saw those visuals with that I think and somebody technical could probably tell you how it was done some kind of feedback loop they were deeply deeply frightening I mean really seriously deep. And my heart would be Ten times harder than it was, uh, you know, whilst I was watching the uh, match of the day results mm. and the pools winners. And then you got John Pertwee coming on. And you saw his. Uh, when did they introduce um, the face of the Doctor? I think it was in the that was, uh, it was Tram. Was it? Yeah, yeah. it's Tram. Because up until that time, um, it was it was just that kind of. Um, it was the effect. Yeah, it was the it was the effect, and uh, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely mind-blowingly beautiful. Um, and what a lovely callback in the 50th anniversary when they did oh. that as well. That just did, as, as, a, as a huge fanboy, back, I kind of, I, you know, my heart broke in two when I saw that. It was kind of like, oh, wow! You know, I was born in 1964, so I had no idea what Doctor Who was because I was tiny. Cut. <laughs> you also may hear this sound... Which is uh, either me, uh, this grinder, because we haven't introduced ourselves either. Have we? I don't think we need to, nobody no, cares. No, everybody loves us. Yeah. Uh, this grinder, you may know me from other um, episodes of things that you haven't heard of. Um, when we do that, that's us lighting cigarettes. Um, of course, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I'm a very uh, sensible, clean living young lady. Absolutely. So, you're a Pertwee opening sequence fan. I've got to say, I'm with Absolutely, you on that. Yeah. Um, I think now would probably be a good time to start from the very beginning, a very good place to start. Yeah, like we've been trying to for the last <laughs> five minutes. Okay, so we'll start, we'll start off with the Hartnell. We'll start off with the Hartnell titles, mm-hmm. um, which I just think are beautiful and much like everything about the series when it came to be was utterly groundbreaking and entirely new and innovative, orally, visually, so exciting. You've got a word just there, which I've just seen now, which kind of completely encapsulates what it was, howl around. Yes. What a lovely word. For some of these, I've just written, I'm going to refer to my show notes, I'm not going to pretend I don't have them. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them I just have words. So, hiss, bass, knee thumping, howl around, yay is all I wrote for the first Doctor's opening title sequence. So what are your, So when you see or think of the first Doctor's opening titles, what are your... It is John Pertwee's. It's John Pertwee's open, opening titles. It's the orange the orange uh, feedback effect that got Okay, so on. when you think of the first Doctor's opening titles... That, um, I, I think of it as a kind of like knife um, uh, uh, um, cutting through sand ripples on a beach... Uh, and then done with a threshold filter, Photoshop reference there, in order for you to see it. And clearly that's not what's happening, there's something else going on, but that's what that makes me think of. And getting it back again, as I've already said, on the 50th anniversary was mind-blowingly excellent. Mm. Shall we move on to the second Doctor? Mr. Lovely Patrick Trout. Oh, I love him. He's, yeah. um, by the way, in case you didn't know, Patrick Trout is the best Doctor there ever has been or will be. I think so too. Good. Excellent. I'm glad we agreed. Yeah. Um, so, 
this is the, the, the musically, again, I said I'm not going to go too much of the music, but this is the third version of the theme. Again, credited to Ron Grainer, but it's still all Ardelia's work. Mm. Ardelia. Um, my favourite thing about it is the Doctor Who logo, which is simply the words Doctor Who in Times New Roman. Yeah, and I had a thing about this, because I don't think it is Times New Roman, I think it's something else. But I may be wrong. Well, in a, in a standard it's font. It's a serif. It's a serif font. a standard font. font. Um, someone get a copy of the excellent book Just My Type and, and let me know. Yes. It's not kind of for this. Um, the other thing is or Dean or it's show. the introduction of faces. <gasps> and you get to see lovely, lovely Patrick Troughton's lovely, lovely face. What's the thing about Patrick Troughton? Do you think that that mop top that he had was a direct reference to the Beatles? Um, is that what that was about? Because he's an old man with a mop top. Who are the Beatles? <laughs> I'm just a child. They're like a ship version of the Rolling Stones. Oh, right. Um, it may well have been. I mean, the Beatles have already been referenced. Didn't they? In the Christmas thing that they did with, was it The Chase, where the Beatles, they were watching they were watching um, the Beatles on, on the televisor? I think it was in that whole, that 12-part series. Uh, I think it was The Chase. Mm. I may be wrong. And if I am wrong, I'm probably I'm wrong. wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, write in and tell us if anyone's listening. <laughs> if this is how it's going to continue, it's a terrible joke. I'm sorry. Then we're not we're not Apologies playing me, anymore. No one's doing this anymore. Okay, so we'll go on to your favourite because oh, the, the time vortex that uh, start. I think the blue time vortex. That's would, the best one without yeah. a doubt. For me. Because so, that was introduced in Pertwee, wasn't it? It was. I mean, this is the thing. For Pertwee, it starts off with the incredible orange and red, um, almost geometric swirling on black, mm-hmm. um, and then his face. And then, uh, in his final season, you get the introduction of the beautiful blue swirling time vortex, the time best, tunnel, the whatever best, you want to call it. The best, whatever. And the best thing is full frontal Pertwee. Everyone else would just get the faces, but all of a sudden you get, in all his glory, in his cape, coming through and then silhouetted into A it. very good looking man. Very good. I mean, as a child, Wurzel Gummidge, one of my first crushes, <laughs> um, which is why I model my look on him today. <laughs> and then um, we get to the fourth Doctor, and for seasons 12 to 17, which as far as I'm concerned... Yeah. is the absolute pinnacle of opening titles, yeah. with one of my favourite arrangements of the theme. Um, one, one thing that we should say right now, sort of for people who don't know, season 12, when did that hit? What year was that? That must have been 1976, 1973. The season 12 was 1973. I'm doing maths now. 1963, first season. Season 12, 12 is the 12 first episode. year of the fourth Doctor. Yeah, 1973. For this era of the opening titles, it's just so beautiful that I can't even hear the theme. Um, and my knees are still purple. Mm. In fact, they're black. Mm. Just bashing away, and it's as good as it gets. Yeah. And then you get to season 18, which is the final year of our Tom. Tom. Your favourite. May he rest in peace. You love him. I love Tom. Dead. No. But maybe he's well, his doctor is. And his doctor is, isn't he? Well, but then again, 50th anniversary with his little curator thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that will shut him up for a yeah. while, just, just enjoying I'm just reminiscing about, about Tom right now. Um, so, season 18 is when it goes a little bit funny. Mm. And so much so that. 1979. So. <laughs> So much so that when Tom Baker's face appears over the new arrangement, yeah, teeth eyes, you can tell he's not happy. He's not. It's not a happy face. He isn't happy. He's been given he's... a bad costume. He's been given a uniform. And this can... was was this the era of uniforms? Uh... <laughs> well, I don't. Know. I mean, you could say that Trouton's the era of uniforms because it's all based on the siege unit. Oh right. So. Okay. Yeah. No, I meant but uniforms is that every campaigner has to wear the. the the same thing that they've worn for the last um, yeah the six TARDIS months. wardrobe kind of gets thrown out yeah but, um, this is this is 
very digressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so Delia's been thrown out at this point, and it's mm. it's kind of portentous, and then really all down here, hill from here for me. Yeah. Um, what, what are your thoughts? Season eighteen. Mm. Um, very replaced. I mean, it's almost like the difference between CGI and physical effects, and that physical effects have a have a have a lot more heft and clearly because it's called physical effects, physicality, and you understand what's going on. There's an analog to it. When it goes digital and when it gets uh, uh, synthesized and you can hear the bits almost, it, it becomes a little sterile. Well, this is the bit where my knees stop getting hurt. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. It's it's when visual. You understand visualist. It's where it, the star face thing happens. Yeah. I know that doing a doing an action here in your living room is not really helpful for people okay. listening. But it's when the sort of starburst of face happens, and it's very synthy. And I made a mistake earlier uh, in saying that the full synth non Delia version doesn't happen until. Sylvester McCoy's era, but I'm wrong. There's a change in the arrangement in Sylvester McCoy's area. area. Sylvester McCoy's area. It's a nice well, place to really visit. Is, though. I think he is quite area. Yeah. So this is yeah this is the point at which Delia gets chucked chucked out and uh, it all goes simply. And so now hang on a minute. This is just dial back a little bit. So you're saying that when uh, they went completely synth was for Sylvester. Um, it's, well, it's already completely synced now. Is it? Right. Uh, the big change with Sylvester is that they brought the middle eight back. I'm really doing very well with this, not talking too much about the arrangements. I love thing, the middle eight. Right? The middle eight's great. Yeah. Well, but it was great originally. Mm. Um, it just wasn't used very much. For so, those who don't know, middle eight is the thing that's eight and in the middle. So. I hope you're, I hope everyone's really enjoying this podcast that's entirely me on my own, having <laughs> edited out everything <laughs> described as said. Yeah. Um, so Peter Davison is exactly the same as the final season of uh, Tom Baker's The Only Thing That Changes Is The Face. Really? Okay. Um, exactly the same. And when did they decide to spray silver on the Doctor's face? Why not? That's Sylvester, isn't it? Yeah, that's Sylvester, Sylvester McCoy. I'm oh, sorry, I thought that was a question of when and why rather than yes, when, when why, did why did you do that? That's Sylvester McCoy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Peter Davison's is exactly the same as season 18, the same arrangement, it's just the face of changes, mm-hmm. and really beyond that, I've, I've got nothing to say on the matter, I'm just going to sit here and weep into a pile of discarded piano strings. <laughs> um, same goes for Colin Baker, um, like I said, it was all downhill from there when they changed it for Tom. And Colin gets exactly the same. He gets so much flack for being the worst doctor. He's not. He? But he isn't. He's not. He's not. The big audio thing, which are not canon, thank you, Al. Um, but they are actually fucking brilliant, you know. I mean, he's just a, it's, it's just such a good, enormous... I mean, he's six foot four. <laughs> Therefore he is good. Therefore he's good. He's tall. I mean, he's good. It's just it. Colin Baker. <laughs> Colin Baker. Lovely man. Colin Baker. His opening titles, which is what we're talking about. Right, okay. Um, I just, I just, I just thumped my knees, even we though went, it's not we, a knee we went from We went from mop top to perm. In those, in those interleaving years, didn't we? So we had, we had Patrick Chirashman with his mop top, and now we've got the bubble perm. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're enjoying a taster of the next episode, which will be hairstyles throughout the ages. Hairstyles of the Doctor. Um, now, that's a funny thing you should say, that's because Peter <laughs> Capaldi's hairstyle changes on every episode. And I know we weren't going to talk about season eight, but his hair changes. I was talking about his hair. His hair changes. I'm just talking about his hair. His hair changes. He's kind of like, um, and you can also you can also kind of gauge his emotional state depending on how high his hair is. Anyway, we're talking about emotional <laughs> <differences. laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Where are we now? Um, We've got to Sylvester. No, we haven't. <laughs> we haven't got to Sylvester, the worst fucking opening sequence in the world. Um, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it. Well, I think we should. Okay, so they brought back the middle eight. Yeah. Um, 
but only after they smashed it to buggery with every synthesizer that the 80s had. Yeah, DX7. And visually, it's not as bad as some people say. It's entirely as bad as some people say. No, it's not great. It's shit. It's not as bad as some people say, and as far as I'm concerned, there's worse to come. There is. There's not as worse as some people who have no taste say. But there's worse to come. (laughs) Sorry, could you repeat that sentence? Yeah, it's not as worse as people who have no taste say. So, I, you know, uh, grammar fail. It's not done me no head harpoon. (laughs) So, it's not brilliant. And it's a pretty ugly logo at the end. And the wink is kind of creepy. Yeah. But, but it wasn't, wasn't that for, the, for the time, the effects, the little blue nebula swirling effects, I don't think it's as bad. If you turn the sound off mm. and watch it until you get to the horrible, horrible neon set shop logo. Brilliant. That's a very, very uh, apposite um, uh, um, identification of exactly what that is. It is a set shop sign. It's a set shop sign. Um, if you, if or as watch, I said, sex shop shine. Yes. Um, so if you watch it without the sound on, and you stop it before you get to the sex, sex shop sign, uh, it's not terrible. Bill Doctor Who. You can cut that bit out. <laughs> You're so going to cut that bit out. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and finally, uh, for classic, in inverted commas with fingers, um, course we've got to address TV movie. Well I don't remember that because I've deleted it from my memory. Um, because you can't put the fucking eye of harmony in a TARDIS. Okay well. That's just badness. By the way because we're trying to not do this kind of referential thing that you all know about. The eye of harmony is supposed to be. Who invented that? Was it Omega? Right so the first Time Lord invents this thing called the eye of harmony which allows all time lords from then on to do time travel, which is explained completely and well in The Three Doctors. Then you get the fucking 1996 Farago of shite uh, that is the Doctor Who movie, which I actually quite like, and the Eye of Harmony is in the TARDIS. No. I'm going to let you go. You carry on. Yeah. You carry on. But I must say, I must admit, and don't you call me, must admit, that I do actually love the Eighth Doctor. I mean, I, I know it's not canon, uh, but I've listened to. <coughs> I quite like the idea of this because um, Doctor Who fans talk about this thing called head canon, and it's like this idea that in your mind you are retconning all of the episodes that you've seen in order to make them fit into your own particular uh, um, history of Doctor Who. What I particularly like about the idea of headcanon is that's what Cybermen have in Tom Baker's era. I know that's bad. Anyway, should we get on? Pause for laughter. We can cut all that out. Um, so, again... It's only three minutes long, this, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> um, so, the TV movie, again, the music's just upsetting. Why? So, again, it's alright if you mute it and you ignore the hideously rendered TARDIS. It's really horribly rendered, um, all of it. Mm. But some of it's kind of pretty. Um, and just, just put your fingers in your ears and sing la 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 la, or imagine you're listening to one of Delia's arrangements. No, what you should sing is la 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 la. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. We're on to New Who. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, you know, just get the fuck out of the fucking orchestra. You fucking don't do that. That's just terrible. It's like, I was so looking forward to New Who because I'd been, you know, this interregnum from uh, 1989 or wherever it was when it just fucked off out of our screens and then we got 20 years of nothing and in 2005 we come on and we have theme tune comes on and it's got an orchestra in it and it's going, oh, shit off. You don't need to put an orchestra in a Doctor Who theme tune. That is terrible, bad and awful. Don't do it, Mr. Whoever the fuck you are. Just stop doing it. You don't need violins. You don't need timpani. You don't need any of that. What you need is the beautiful and wonderful analogue 
sounds from 50 years ago. That's what you need. You don't need anything else. Anyway, I've, that's a bit of a rant, isn't it, really? Yeah, but it means we finally hit on something you remember. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, for me, it's 2005. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited. Yes. And Murray Gold is pissing on my chips. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting as he needs to go on, clearly. First off, slow down. Um, You're saying he should slow down. Yeah, oh my god, have you, when was the last time you listened to the, the 2005 titles? I can't listen to it, I kind of... It just, it's so fast, it's sort of the, it's the Happy Hardcore remix. Mm. Well, um, that'd be quite nice. But, here's a theme tune from Doctor Who that I heard um, around about uh, 2000, 2001. And it's the tune that Orbital did. Yeah. Oh, man. When I heard that, it just, I kind of, I listened to it over and over and over again because it's fucking amazingly good. And it's like almost when 2005 regeneration of the Doctor Who series, not the regeneration of the Doctor, uh, came on, it's, I so wanted them to use that as the, and then we got this kind of orchestral, where, when you use, orchestral theme tunes, what you're trying to say is that we are a serious TV programme. We are going to be a 45-minute series. We're going to be... We're not this little bit of wonderfulness. We are this... Well, we're proper, proper BBC fare for this Saturday night. So here's some orchestral... Baldershite. Um, it was terrible. Um, I hated it immediately. And it has not got better. It's got worse 2005, 2006, this little change and all that kind of thing. Yes, the middle eight came back in. Yes, all that kind of stuff. But it's still bollocks because you can hear proper instruments in it. You should not hear proper instruments in the Doctor Who theme tune. You should, you should hear sounds that you've never heard before. That's the point. They should scare you. They, are, they, should, they should make your heart skip a beat when you hear it. Because that's what it did in the 70s because there was nothing like it. So now we have something that sounds exactly like every other fucking theme tune. Um, yeah. I, I kind of agree. <laughs> well put, I think. Mm. Uh, for me, it's, it's just... Everything about the opening titles from New Who when it started really upset me. Um, it's not just the noise. The noise is bad. Yeah. It is overblown, orchestral bullshit sped up to the point where I feel like I need to be running away from something before the episode's even started. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. he does it throughout the scoring. Yeah. We'll get, maybe we'll talk about music and Doctor Who properly mm. at some point, but um, beyond the opening titles, I genuinely get the feeling like, oh my God, I should be running down a corridor at the moment, which you think would be good getting you in the mood for Doctor mm. Who, the whole running down a corridor thing. But it really isn't. It's just unpleasant. And paired with those visuals, which if you... The, colonos- the colonoscopy. Well, yeah. It's just, I mean, if you thought Starburst Colin Baker and his Technicolored seizure code was bad, mm. um, you may want to stop watching altogether at this point. Well, There's like- epilepsy in my family, <laughs> and it really worried me slightly. Yeah. First time. I just, I just when we were talking about it, I just realised the thing is that what they were trying to do in the late eighties uh, Doctor Who theme tune and in the new Doctor Who theme tune is that we're trying to use what was cutting edge at that point. So, for example, in the Sylvester McCoy opening titles, you had cutting, you had sense. you had visually what was cutting edge CGI at the time. Hmm. You had what was orally. Some people may disagree, but you had what was purported to be cutting-edge synthesizers. The thing is, is that when it started in 1963, they didn't do the cutting-edge. They didn't do, this is the best thing that we can hear right now. This is, the, this is the most apposite and wonderful thing that we can hear right now that something's invented. No, we'll make it timeless. We'll make this theme tune timeless. Because we'll do a thing that nobody has heard before, nobody will ever hear again. That timelessness of Doctor Who theme tune should be preserved. There are going to be people who look back on New Who right now and can completely identify exactly when it was made because of the shitty 
modernity of what it sounds like. You done? I am done. Do you want to sit down, have a drink of water and a I'm banana? Gonna, I'm going to lie down a bit. Um, yeah, my biggest problem, beyond the music, beyond the horrifying visuals, is the, the logo that came in with New Who. Which was redesigned because everyone's got widescreen TVs now and therefore we should have something oh. that makes full use of the space. And I actually think it's worse than the McCoy logo. Well, I, it's funny enough, I mean, I've got young sons and my little boy Byron said, who is Dr. D.W. Who? Because he thought the D.W. Mm. in between them was the initials. This is what does the D and the W? And I that's, said, that's, that's, um, Dennis Wolverine. It is Dr. Dennis Wolverine who? talking about 11. I am. Like, yes. For Eccleston and Tennant, yeah. you've got that weird, hideous, pointy monstrosity. Hideosity. Hideosity. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. It's horrible. It looks like a poorly made shiv from a prison that <laughs> someone's just scrawled Doctor Who on. Yeah. It's horrid. It's a razor. Yeah, yeah. it's It's weird. Yeah, but uh, this is not to say, clearly, one of the things that we have to point out is that me and Chevron abs- uh, absolutely love Doctor Who from stem to stern, and uh, um, we are complaining about a title sequence in relation to all the other title sequences that Doctor Who has had. We're saying that's a bad title sequence compared to the title sequences that we had in yesteryear. We are not saying per se, that it is a bad title sequence. It's a fucking wonderful title sequence, it's just not as good as it could be. Um, no, it's a bad title sequence. No, it's a bad title, better than Crossroads. I think the other thing that we've got to address is the fact that we don't judge books by their covers and therefore a title sequence that spans however many seasons, mm. whether we like it or not, does not negate the fact that we love some of the stories yeah. that appeared in that season and we still, once the title sequence is over... Uh, really, really get down to enjoying an episode. Um, shall we move on to the Tenant? Uh, Dave, titles. David Tennant. David Tennant, my absolute favourite. Really? Mr. Swallow Burt. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I love all the, uh, the family blood. Oh, broke my heart. We're not talking about No, we're not. We're cereals. not doing a review. No, we're not thing. talking about episodes and serials today. No, we're not doing that. We're trying our best not to. We're talking about um, opening titles. We're talking about opening titles. So, the David Tennant opening titles, which mm. are almost indistinguishable from the Peter... Uh, the... Uh, the Peterson. The, no. David Tennant opening titles, which are almost indistinguishable from the Christopher Eccleston opening titles. Right, yeah. Um... There, 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 there's the a little bit, of, little bit of change in the score, mm-hmm. um, but insignificant. Mm-hmm. Um, plenty of changes to the theme throughout his tenure, but it's Murray Gold, so does anyone really notice? All it, it just sounds like he's taken the original score, yeah. just covered it in shit, <laughs> taken some more shit and tried to polish it. Yeah. So he's trying to polish shit with shit, yeah. and it's just horrid. We need to point out at this point in the podcast that uh, Chevron does not like Murray Gold's treatment of the musical aspects of Doctor. Yeah, we may not have addressed that yet. We may not really. Although, I've got... Uh, one of the things that I do like, and we shouldn't be saying it, but I will say it, is that I do actually quite love the uh, reference to... The, uh, um, not the good, the bad, and the ugly, but the um, Once Upon a Time in the West is where P- Peter Capaldi is going to come on and say something deeply dark, and you get that thing, which is which is definitely. I mean, if, if he doesn't know he's doing it, he fucking should know he's doing it. It's a reference to. Uh, um, I was going to say Piers Bronson, but that's not who I mean. I mean, um, Piers, um, Charles Bronson in the, in Once Upon a Time in the West. And I, I, and I'm working out, I think that what's going to happen at some point, you're going to get that tick tock sound of the watch coming, you know, 
This Capaldi is the one doctor that you think could actually wear a fob watch, properly have a waistcoat and have a fob watch in the waistcoat and pull it out. Fucking Matt Smith, David Tennant, Christopher Eccleston, there's no fob watches going on. Capaldi, waistcoat, pull out the fob watch, but he swapped it with a tramp for something, you know. When you say Tennant, no fob watch is going on. Fob watch was key plot point. This is the point. Yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's oh. like it's like it's like it's got this fob watch that he's saying that's my time lord in there. I so know. no fucking point in your dress could you have any place to put a fucking fob watch. I don't know. You're it's, not wearing a waistcoat. See, for me, talent could wear a fob watch because he's sort of a kids' TV presenter hipster. Oh right. He's he's not a real hipster who would wear a fob watch and have manicured facial hair. He's sort of the TV present, children's TV presenter version of a hipster, and therefore perfectly feasible that he had a fob watch. Um, but where would you put it? Because he had got no place to put it. Well, I know where I'd put it, <laughs> but that's, that's not relevant. Well, it's another thing. It's like, you know, like, um, one of the things that Sylvester complained about was there were too many question marks on his, on his mm-hmm. guy. What's going on with Peter Capaldi's jumper? Good Lord, man. So, we're talking about opening titles. Yeah, and we shouldn't be. And um, we will get to costumes, we'll get to hair, we'll get to incidental music, I no. promise you. If, yeah. whether or not we record it, because God knows nobody's going to want to listen to it after <laughs> this, um, we'll get there. Yeah. But, for now, shall we talk about Matt Smith's opening title sequence? Yes, go on, let's do that. Then. Um, what the fuck was it? I don't know, actually. I, well, there was a bit when they, in, in uh, season 7.6, or whatever it was, where, where we got his face in a star field. And I was looking at it and thinking, that's Blake 7. Blake 7 did that better. You, know, you can't do so, I mean, There are people who complain about the star field and say, well, that's Star Trek. And I would say, no, it's not Star Trek, it's Blake 7. Fuck you with your American rubbish science fiction series that's gone on far too long and should have been killed at birth. Gene Roddenberry and you twats from space. Um, I'm going to edit that bit. Uh, although there was this fight, wasn't there? There was a fight. Oh no, it was the Star Wars fans and the Dalek fans in Norwich who who had a big old fight in, in a... In, in, in a in one second to... Ellipsis. Non secretary, are you not going to do some pruning promotion? Whilst my doddy, whilst my daddy prunes. Have you heard that by the cravats? The bushy screen, whilst my daddy prunes. This is so good. <laughs> so I'm letting you roll because there's really only room for one of us to interrupt. Right. Um, it's behind you. Well, it's the pop references that we're... So the pop references that me and Chevron will make are going to be so obscure. So I just made a reference to a 1980s Northern Noise band called The Berry Things, who did a song uh, called The Bushes Scream Whilst My Daddy Prunes. Uh, and they did... Uh, it was almost like uh, they had filmed beforehand the Idiot's Lantern because it was, uh, the opening sequence was a guy looking at one of those tiny TV things. Here's something that's been pointed out as well, is when people talk about the problems with production values in uh, 1970s and 1980s television, uh, uh, particularly with Doctor Who, uh, uh, is that your TV had an area that was at most 10 inches across. In that area that you could see the sets, it was excellent. Now you have huge widescreen TVs, you get to see all of the all of the problems. You know what else was excellent on the 10 inch cross screens? Yeah. Opening title sequence. <laughs> um, Getting back to that, I knew, yes. So, we were about to talk about Matt Smith, weren't we? Yeah. And this is the logo that you were talking about that uh, one of your boys asked what's a DWTV what's his, what's his middle name then um, Dennis it's not nice Dennis, is it Dennis Watergate it's not nice we'll start We'll start at the end with the logo it's not nice mm. um, again it's it's all thunderbolts and lightning very very frightening mm. and 
yeah, oh, it's just not nice. It's it's better than the previous one. It sets you up for something that's not going to happen. It's it's better than the previous one, and um, and just yeah, it, it's another photosensitive epilepsy nightmare waiting to happen. Yeah, and I'll be skipping on. So we've had to stop recording because uh, this grind has been rambling about bullshit for so long mm-hmm. that my uh, seven-year-old iMac has decided to die on its ass. Yeah. So we were about to get to uh, the current season's opening titles, yes. which we've touched we on. We've, we've touched on the fact that I find them utterly repellent. Yes. Um, I'm going to start with something positive. Go ahead. The theme arrangement is a mild improvement. I disagree entirely. I think, it's a, I think it's a mild improvement. I don't think it's good. I definitely don't think it's good. I just think it's slightly You've better. replaced the fucking theremin with some screechy ass. I don't know what you did it with. I, 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 can't, I can't believe how bad you've done the melody. But anyway, moving on. Um... The logo's much improved as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm being positive. I'm being positive. Yeah. That's about where positivity stops for me, unfortunately, on this. Um, like I said, the, the arrangement's an improvement, but it's still awful. And I really have nothing else positive to say at all. It's hideous. It's, it is. It's foul. Yeah. I've, I've um, come around to this, this thing because I've been... Watching it a few times because when I first uh, watched it, I thought, "Oh, that's lovely. That's fan service." Uh, there's there's a there's a fan who has done this beautiful um, opening sequence with clockworks and you know Roman numerals and stuff like that. And uh, and Chevron pointed out actually that's a bit cliche and a bit shit. It's not that it's cliche. It's not that it's shit. It's that people rag on previous opening sequences for the effects being a bit shonky. Whereas, like you said, for the time, uh, Sylvester McCoy one was not bad. It's cutting edge. Cutting edge. Mm. Whereas now, with people having such high expectations of effects, um, visual and otherwise, this poorly rendered spiral of clock face and then even more poorly rendered gears clunking together, Yeah, it, they just look... Amateurish. Well, well, they look you're... they look like a poor animation, and they could have that concept. Which I don't love the concept in itself. They look like it's been done on YouTube. <laughs> they they look like they've been done in Flash in the late nineties. Oh, um, I just think stab it through the heart. Well, <laughs> it's not nice to look at. I also think that Peter Capaldi is actually sitting back on his in his big leather armchair with the wings and the and the hooks behind him. And he's smoking a pipe, and he's blowing a smoke ring at the um, the opening titles because you are definitely looking at a smoke ring on a clock. That's Peter Capaldi's doctor having a fag. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. Well, look at it again. You'll see the, um, the, 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 really the smoke, the, the <laughs> smoky, the smoky ring around the smoky ring that's around the clock, the uh, which doesn't go up to thirteen. Missed that, didn't you? Um, goes up to fucking 12. And doesn't use Gallifreyan symbology, which it should do, clearly. It uses Roman numerals, which is like, what's that about? Idiots. Um, I still like it, because it's Doctor Who. I love Doctor Who. Mm. I hate the opening titles. I don't have to like the opening titles to like Doctor Who. Mm. I don't have to like the cover of the book to like the content. Yeah, but then, I mean, then you're opening an entire new uh, episode for our podcast about, and we will do it sometime in the future, not quite now, is Target Book. Target novelizations, good lord. That's a whole other thing. (laughs) We're going to talk about those. We're going to talk about how economical Terence Dix and Malcolm Hulk were about the way that they wrote Doctor Who novelizations. We're going to talk about how much 
Ian Martyr, for example. Ian Martyr was, um, who was he? In, he was Harry. Harry. He was Harry. Harry Sullivan. Harry Sullivan Beautifully described by the Rev from Diddley Dum as Bertie Worcester in space. Oh yeah, that's nice. That's Bertie Worcester. I don't quite, um, I don't quite agree. Um, but Ian Martyr went on to do novelizations of Doctor Who scripts, and the way that it would work is that it would, the, the, the novelist would be given the script, and they would know, not every time they would know what the actual televisual uh, 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 rendition was, because some of them had been lost forever. And then with Reitman, if you're going to... Target book novelizations, some of the best ones that have ever been done, have been done by Ian Martyr. You're a rambling drunk, so... Okay. I don't remember if I've said everything I want to say about the most recent title sequence, but I'll, I'll summarise mm-hmm. by saying poor concept, poorly executed, uh, and it does disservice to Peter Caldy's magnificent eyebrows. Well, because it's been sprayed silver again, hasn't he? No, it's nothing to do with it. But it's just the rest. It's silver. just everything around him is ugly. Mm. I'm not sure he has. Um, so we've photoshopped silver. So we've we've. Have we done that? Have we got to the end of our of your beautiful and wonderful notes that we've completely ignored? Yeah, I bloody hope so. Um, yeah, mm. I think we've learned something tonight. What have we learned? Eight beers is too many for you before <laughs> you start recording. No, I think that's not enough. I beg to differ. You dipped a beggar. I dipped a beggar. Yes. And on that note... Good evening. Good evening, good night. Good morning. May all your... What's the quote? May all your things go on with you and memories and stuff with the TARDIS and the Daleks and all that kind of stuff. And Susan, just fuck off. Which I think is what William Hartnell actually meant. <laughs> I, you know, I expected more from you. I thought you'd be smarter than this. I'm happy to disappoint you. We've got a screaming thing in the background. That's actually a Zygon who I have just killed. Um, you're going to hear it just, that's his death throes right now. Right? And what we've just been debating whilst we paused it was, was how long this is going. And that fucking thing is still... Oh, this. No. Spring the Shalker. Spring the Shalker. I've never seen that. Have you seen that? Yes. Is it good? Shut up already. Damn.